House of Cards Season 5 premiere is over, but we're just getting started here on the House of Cards post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys who are more on top of everything going on in the worlds of House of Cards than Ann Curry. I'm Rob Sestrino, and welcome back, Zach Brooks. Vice President Rob. Brooks is back. Rob, I've been meaning to talk to you. We need to be watching each other and ignoring the, what the media is saying about us. Yes. Because we're in danger. <laughs> we are? Uh, but we will be safe. We'll we be will safe. protect you. We Rob will be safe. I will safe. protect you, House of Cards listeners. <laughs> Please, President Underwood, protect us. <laughs> boy. Yeah, we need you. Boy. So nothing new since the last time we talked. Yeah, no, I think like the world just <laughs> kind of paused and, and said, all right, more House of Cards Come on back. <laughs> much like the world of House of Cards, uh, pretty much everything is just where we left it back uh, one year ago. Where we, I, I mean, it was more than a year ago because the, the last season of House of Cards, I think, was uh, what, like early March of 2016. So, yeah, you yeah. know, nothing new, everything about the same as uh, where we left it, you know. Uh, how about those fidget spinners, right? Yeah, though, though, yeah, that's something new. Um, yeah, I think that's probably about it. The uh, you know, a couple other TV shows have come and gone. But yeah. Okay. So, far, so here we are, back to cover all of House of Cards season five, and uh, very excited to be doing this uh, with you once again. You and I began this podcast journey way back when. I guess it must have been what 2014 when we started covering season two of House of Cards. Yeah, I think we kicked off with a uh, season one in review podcast um, right at the beginning of post show recaps. I think this is one of the first shows that you were covering on here way back when. And now look at where we are and uh, very excited to be covering uh, the 53rd episode and the 53rd episode alone of House of Cards. We will have a, a podcast uh, recording of each of the episodes here in season five. Uh, what we're going to do along the way is that we are going to be doubling up and maybe tripling up a few of the episodes along the way. And that's probably ultimately what we're going to be uh, doing rather than a specific podcast for each episode just to sort of bunch them. What we'll do in that case will be we will watch an episode, we will record a podcast, and then we will watch another episode and then record again. So we will not be spoiled on anything ahead of time. Uh, if everything goes according to plan, Zach. We will be done by the end of June because... Uh, I have decided not to run for re-election oh. in living in D.C., and I will not be living in D.C. anymore. So Yeah, so you have a big, big real-life move coming up, and so I uh, got to make big moves, right? I, that's what I always hear. Yeah, it's always important to make big moves, and who knows, maybe by the end of the season, Frank Underwood will be joining me in leaving D.C. Well, we'll see. Do we know if this is the final season? I mean, has, is, is this the last season of House of Cards? Or, or that I, I assumed coming into this, this was going to be it. I mean, that we had read and heard everything about uh, Bo Willimont leaving the show, not being back this season. I thought they were coming back just to wrap it up, but... I have not seen anywhere if this is the final season. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of fun to not know where this is headed. I haven't heard if it's the last season or not, and I've really tried to avoid anything preseason. I didn't even watch the trailer for the season. Uh, I wanted to go in as blind as possible and and really have no idea where the road is taking us. Um, 
But, you know, the the 52, 52 card, 52 episode theory, be damned. We are in episode 53. So season four was not the end. It was not the end. So a lot of stuff to get through. Of course, if you want to stay subscribed for everything we are doing, House of Cards, here on Post Show Recaps, two ways to do it. You've got our Post Show Recaps main feed. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes to subscribe to everything we've got going on between House of Cards, The Leftovers, Better Call Saul, Fear the Walking Dead. It's all happening. You can get it all there in one place or for our specific House of Cards only podcast feed, postshowrecaps.com slash H-O-C iTunes. And what we really do appreciate here at the start of a new season is your feedback and star ratings because that helps people find the show. Really do. That's the biggest thing that you could do for us uh, at this point in time for House of Cards. The House of Cards post show recap at postshowrecaps.com slash H-O-C iTunes. So this is uh, interesting to be back here in the world of Frank Underwood and House of Cards, Zach, because for all of us, you know, in season four, I remember at the top of the season saying, boy, you know what? This is going to be tough for House of Cards. This is a tough spot for them because the real world of politics has gotten so kooky here between all of these primaries and everything. I wonder just how much people are going to say, you know, let me get into House of Cards because uh, they, they, they are really going to tackle some things that are going to be way different and so much more surreal than what's happening in real life. And you know what? With making Claire Underwood the vice presidential candidate, you know, I I think they actually did succeed in what they were trying to do was an assassination attempt on Frank Underwood. You know, they they really did uh, raise the bar to maybe if not surpassing what's happening in real life in 20, uh, the beginning of 2016, then sort of being, you know, in an alternate dimension where uh, they are at least equally as surreal. But here we are, Zach, in uh, a world which has uh, really just uh, where, you know, our our political talk has uh, really just eclipsed uh, almost everything else in society. And, uh, you know, uh, political tensions are at an all-time high. I'm interested to know if House of Cards is going to be that same sort of escapism for people. Yeah, I think uh, it will be interesting. I think it could go one of two ways. People might just be really burnt out on anything related to po- to politics and to the presidency and just have no interest in watching House of Cards. Um, or this might be, you know, well, let's let's just see how out there this can get and what they can do. They could top what's going on uh, in society and the, and the news that's going on these days. So, you know, I. I haven't heard from a ton of my friends that are super jazzed about watching House of Cards. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the people are are watching it that I know, and I've definitely heard from quite a few people on Twitter who are asking us if we're covering it, or you know, are are asking us what our thoughts are. So it does seem like there are people talking about it, and I've seen quite a few ads. And um, Frank Underwood himself even came to DC and did a photo shoot <laughs> last week that uh, I saw some news about. So they're trying to get it out there, but uh, I just don't think it's you know, I think House of Cards really like season two was when it was at its peak. I think everybody was watching House of Cards in season two right. because it was one of three shows on net- that was streaming on Netflix at the time. And now you have 
so many options and Netflix's new show every couple of days. <laughs> right. Uh, on both fronts where that if you were looking for political intrigue and a streaming show on Netflix, hey, this is the place to be where <laughs> now in 2017, uh, there's 10 million shows streaming on Netflix and political intrigue around the clock. You could go on Twitter for political intrigue. Uh, you don't need necessarily House of Cards to satisfy either of those needs. Yeah. And I think that that might determine, you know, if we do get a season six of House of Cards, I'm curious, you know, at the end of the season, if we'll feel like they wrapped it up to a point where uh, sort of like some of the other shows have done where they don't know if they're going to get renewed for another season. They wrap it up with a a nice clean finish or if they leave it with a cliffhanger where uh, we're really hoping that it comes back for, uh, you know, for left or for House of Cards, live another day or, or, you know, some kind of movie even to wrap it up. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about House of Cards and, you know, I, I, I sort of like was like a little mixed going into this, but then I was got a little excited about it towards uh, the end. And I feel like that the point where it sort of I got back into it was uh, certainly the scene where Frank Underwood reveals to us that they actually did have uh, the suspect in custody and they did the whole time uh, where we see uh, Frank uh, turn to us and break the fourth wall and say about Joshua Masterson, oh, did you not think that I had him? I thought that you knew me. Uh, And (laughs) to see him sort of go like face to face with Masterson, I said, okay, you know what? I can get back into this because this is Frank Underwood And he's the bad guy. I think we're supposed to root for him. A lot of times I root for him to get away with stuff. I don't think that people necessarily uh, root for a corrupt politician. I really think that to sort of like, uh, that's why I think that Frank Underwood is interesting. Because I think that if, for the most part, if you are on the left, You probably have a negative opinion of the president, but I don't think that necessarily people have the negative impression of him that he is Machiavellian. I I feel like that most people on the left who have a negative impression of the president would say he doesn't know what he's doing. It's amateur hour. He's bumbling and we got to stop him. That's uh, the people on, on the left and the people on the right feel like, hey, this is our guy. He's doing a great job. They're not saying like, oh, he's a Machiavellian genius who's like uh, putting together all these evil plans. They, they feel like that he's a good guy, but there's nobody who's really sort of like the president is Frank Underwood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think there are quite a few differences uh, between the current president of the United States and Frank Underwood. And we could do a whole podcast com- comparing and contrasting just the the differences and the similarities between them. Um, but, you know, I think it, it's, you know, for one, the, the interesting thing is that Frank Underwood on this show is the Democrat. And he's yeah. going up against the the Republicans. Um, and, you know, I do think that they play with that a little bit. And um, I did. The one thing I did see preseason is is with one of the writers of the show. And she said they wrote this whole season before the 2016 election yeah. finished. No. So I, that does make me a little bit more interested in this season because I, I didn't I don't want them taking things from real life. 
um, in in turning that into House of Cards. I want it to be its own thing. And, you know, wherever it goes, it's you know, it's going to be over the top. It's going to be House of Cards OTT. So, you know, let's see where they take us. Yeah, I, I'm, so I'm hoping for we just go as soapy as possible here with uh, House of Cards. Like, go big or go home at this point, House of Cards, because you are being compared to a lot of stuff that's going on in real life that uh, may outdo you, House of Cards. So uh, you can uh, try your hardest here in season five. Yeah. And, you know, we will get Frank and Kevin Spacey hamming it up this season. We've already seen it some. Um, we're going to get some ridiculous lines from Frank, some ridiculous performances. But, uh, you know, really good acting as well from from Robin Wright Penn yeah. and uh, and from Kevin Spacey. So I think I think it's going to be a fun ride. And uh, I'm really excited to see where where the Underwood administration goes in this season five. Right. And just to uh, go back to my earlier point with Frank Underwood, where he's sort of like this evil Machiavellian uh character who is a villain but you know he's a charismatic villain that i think we're supposed to be rooting for and so in in this sort of like bizarro world i think it can be fun to sort of see like well let's see what he can get away with i mean i don't know necessarily if we're rooting for frank underwood to go to jail or you know be uh taken down i don't think that's what the point of the show is no, and not for me. I mean, I've I've always been Team Frank through all this, and uh, I love to see how he you know wriggles his way out of these jams. When uh, when things get tight, he always seems to have a plan and a way out. Um, even even going back to the end of last season, where the Hammerschmidt article comes out, and uh, and they use this this terror attack to to distract the public, and you can see that carrying into this premiere. Now, that being said, Zach, I am very concerned about the pacing of this season where we've had a time jump at different points in uh, House of Cards in between season. We have uh, almost no time jump, maybe a couple of days since we last left things in season four of House of Cards. We are still, you know, between a week to 10 days uh, until the election. And uh, as we know, a lot can happen in uh, that amount of time before the election. (laughs) And so... uh, you know, I kind of would like to, you know, uh, hope that we're not going to spend this whole season five in the lead up to the 2016 presidential election. Yeah, I when I first saw, you know, in the episode that we were only a couple days, a couple days past where the season four ended, I was thinking that that we might spend this whole season in the the 13, 14 days leading up to the election. Um, I don't think that's what it's going to be. I think one of two things is going to happen. Either we're going to get the election as sort of a mid-season turning point, sort of like last season. Frank how getting shot. Assassination, yeah. yeah, that kind of turned the season. You know, just like what they do in 24 and a lot of these other shows where there's a half, first half, second half storyline. The other thing we might see is we might see uh, sort of in like an Emperor Palpatine type move it, to fight this this war on terror – Frank uh, pushing the election so the election doesn't happen in November like it's supposed to. And we do still have a lead up to the election throughout the whole season. 
but it's not over a course of two weeks. It's a, over the course of six months or a year until there's finally an election at the end of the season. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, so let's just get into our first story of the season for Frank Underwood. We are dealing with the homegrown ICO terrorist, and we find out that obviously Frank had him captured. At what point did they capture Masterson? So I think that, you know, there were there were the two um, the two kidnappers at the end of last season and and they killed James Miller. Um, and, and I think that they somehow caught the first guy. And I would just assume that when they killed the first guy, they also caught Josh Masterson. I think uh, it was kind of a two for one deal. And and they kept Masterson alive and somehow got him under wraps uh, with only a few people knowing that he was still alive and in their custody. So what was the point of Claire going to the mom and trying to get her to say that her son should surrender to the police? I mean, if you if you just come out and kill both of the terrorists, then this threat is over. And then you you can't hold the American people under fear the way that Frank and Claire want to. So if one of the guys is still out there, still at large, that keeps people scared. It keeps people under the Underwoods control uh, and allows them to control the narrative and finally catch and kill this guy when they want versus killing them both. And then people maybe stop paying attention to this ICO threat as much and pay a little bit more attention to the Hammerschmidt article and some of the charges against Frank. So I'm a little confused at what Frank Underwood is trying to do. We see him in the beginning of the episode. He goes into the House of Representatives and he wants to sort of have this uh, congressional declaration of war for against these homegrown ICO terrorists. He wants to fight a war on American soil against the ICO terrorist network. Is that what he wants to do? Yeah, he he does what declare does that look like? war. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's kind of like martial law. I mean, they talked a little bit about uh, throughout the episode about how they're going to be watching people's uh, social media and search terms for uh, for threatening words and uh, just allow them to do a lot more um, snooping on people and surveillance. uh, And and I think it would include going into homes of suspected terrorists and and really kind of having having a sense of martial law throughout the country uh, instead of fighting a war internationally. Yeah, we see Claire at the beginning of the episode on the teleprompter, and she's talking about two things, um, about how we're in danger, but we need to watch each other. Tell us what you see. And at the same time, "Ah, there's a noisy press uh, that's out there. You know, you would say that if this was uh, our reality, you would see Claire Underwood perhaps uh, use the phrase fake news to describe uh, what's going on with her and Frank Underwood. Yeah, that was the uh, opening shot of the season. And that was the first time I was like, <laughs> huh, really? Was this written before the election or was this tweaked just a little bit uh, mm-hmm. since what's actually happened? Yeah. Um, but I really, really like that scene because the last thing we see at the end of the last season is Claire finally breaking the fourth wall and acknowledging the camera. And this season starts with a close up on Claire. First thing she says is, I've been meaning to talk to you. We think that she's talking to the audience and they pan back and you realize, oh, no, she's actually filming a commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that was a really great way to kick off the season. Uh, made me think that this season is going to be just as much about Claire as it is about Frank as well. 
Yeah, and she's so good. Uh, you mentioned uh, her acting uh, earlier in the podcast, but it is a weird way to start a commercial. Like, uh, hi, I've been meaning to talk to you. Let me tell you about reverse mortgage. Uh, <laughs> maybe there's something like it's just like a weird political ad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was you know like really trying to like dive into the hearts and souls of, of the people watching it. So. Good job, Claire. She's, yeah. she's the face of the campaign. Well, uh, she tells him, you know, if you see something, say something and watch each other. Zach, can you refresh my memory? Is Claire Underwood popular or not popular now? I think she's still popular. Okay. I believe that. Uh, and that was why Frank picked her in the first place was because, uh, you know, she she played well with the population. And uh, and, you know, even a little bit later, we. We hear from uh, J- James Miller's daughter, Melissa, that she would rather Claire Underwood be president than Frank. Mm, interesting. Let's see if that uh, ends up being a plot point. So I guess let's just go through this uh, sort of chronologically, because most of the story ends up uh, revolving around Frank and Claire. Uh, we see Frank go down to uh, the House of Representatives and sort of sneaks in and then ends up making this big statement. Were, were you buying it all that this was? was plausible like uh could this actually happen the president is just gonna like uh overtake the floor like i mean wouldn't this be like a truly insane moment i think anything at this point uh in real world and in house of cards is plausible so um, i don't know even this this seems like a bit much i, I mean i really liked it because it was frank getting back to his roots being back in the house of representatives uh, being up in front of everybody everybody's yelling at each other you know it's just like this chaotic scene we've got um the young hotshot republican congressman uh who was really going after frank who i think is going to end up being a big character this season mm-hmm. uh, I, I got a feeling we're going to see him a lot and uh and then frank up there you know, he's finally, finally says something because he hasn't talked that we've heard at all yet this season, calls them all cowards and says, do you dare debate me when we have this investigation going on? It was just, I'm on yeah. my way to a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to stop. I made a pit stop. Yes. I will never cease. Yes. Talking to all of his buddies on his side of the aisle, uh, telling them to deliver his messages, just getting them to do his bidding. Those are his puppets. So, yeah, uh, he will not yield. He will not yield. I do think that they accurately captured like everybody on uh, Frank Underwood's uh, side of the aisle is all like cheering and going nuts. And then people on the other side of the aisle are just like getting angry and just walking out of the uh, House of Representatives. Yeah, I don't know if you can just walk out. I mean, (laughs) I'm sure you can, but it it seems like, you know, there has to be some level of like decorum. No, maybe not. No, (laughs) they nailed it. They nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Were you on board? Did you know that Ann Curry was going to be such a big part of season five of House of Cards? No. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she's right on top of the ball, but she's on like Channel 18 or something like that. I don't know what sort of like a uh, Fakakta news organization they gave her. Yeah, it seemed like a local news. Because <laughs> um, I, I, they've used, you know, they've used Wolf Blitzer a lot in the past. I think they've used Rachel Maddow. So Charlie uh, Rose was in this episode. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll you know maybe we'll see like Stephen Colbert or, or uh, John Oliver talking well, about we Frank. We did see Stephen great. Colbert in the I think it was the season four premiere. Oh yeah, well maybe we'll see him again because he was he was still Stephen Colbert or the Comedy Central character at that point, right? Uh, I think he might have been on his because he was sort of like roasting Frank Underwood, but Frank Underwood. Um, I'm not sure if he if this was a Colbert rapport or not at the point where he was on. Uh, but I believe that he might have been 
Uh, that's a good question. We have to go back and take a look at that. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to know if Stephen Colbert got his groove back by really laying into an unpopular Frank Underwood. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hopefully Frank Underwood doesn't call the FCC on Stephen Colbert. Yeah, Stephen Colbert better watch his mouth and not be uh, like going after Frank Underwood. He's going to end up getting himself in a lot of trouble here in this uh, alternate universe. Yeah, I mean, if Frank Underwood really wants to appeal to the people, maybe he should go on like Carpool Karaoke, focus <laughs> on a different CBS late night show. Now, look, I'm here to do some Carpool Karaoke. I don't get to drive as much as I used to, but I would love to sing a song with you, James, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, what song would he be singing? Like some old country song or, uh, you know, some, some slow sulfur song? Or do you think he'd go just straight up like Lady Gaga and, and bring the energy? <laughs> Frankie, Gra- Frankie Gaga. <laughs> Frankie Gaga. Yep. That, you know, he, was, he should. He should. That, I mean, that would really end up uh, blowing Conway out of the water uh, in terms of uh, his campaign would be in, in shambles. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to think of like, uh, you know, could he sing about the stamper face instead of the poker face? <laughs> I don't know if that I don't know if that plays exactly right. But I'm not sure. Uh, what about if he just goes on Fallon and lets Jimmy Fallon mess up his hair? <laughs> uh, I mean, now, that, there's going to be backlash Come on. On, on Jimmy Fallon for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we see then with Frank and Claire, they go to the state funeral uh, for the Millers. And yep. uh, we see that uh, Frank is not warmly received. I, why does the family really seem to blame uh, Frank Underwood for the handling of this? Why, like, what does, does the entire country know that this was kind of a botched thing? I mean, you know, I think that because it was it was streamed for everybody to watch the killing of of James Miller. Um, you know, they just were able to see that that the president wasn't able to do anything. I don't I mean, I'm trying to think what he really could have done besides releasing the terrorist. And it it does seem like that would be uh, kind of short sighted to release the terrorist back to them just to save one person. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, as all of this is going on, there is all of this report coming out about how, um, you know, how Frank is dirty and, and the Hammerschmidt report. So. You know, maybe it's just that people are starting to get the sense that Frank Underwood is not a good guy. And so, of course, if he's not a good guy, he's the reason why James Miller was killed. Yeah, I feel like the the little girl, a little precocious uh, for my taste. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, she could have had some respect the, for uh, President Underwood. She's not quite the uh, most most uh, vaunted public speaker, but, you know, she she's passionate. Mm-hmm. She blames Frank and. uh then she gave him a little secret whisper message, um, well, I, which I think Frank handled very well because he turned that into a moment where he's consoling her and lots of people took pictures. So, um, yeah, Frank I was handled confused well. as to whether or not we were supposed to see that as a positive moment or a negative moment for Frank Underwood. I was like, oh, OK, well, this is going to be good for him that he's like comforting the girl. But then the newspaper headline was like a little girl blames Underwood for dad being dead. Yeah, well, that is what happened. But, um, yeah, they got that right. No, you know, that is actual factual. (laughs) They could fact check that. That actually that is what happened. She she did blame him. Um, 
and, and Claire just, you know, sat next to him and, and Claire looked sensitive and cried. It's probably going to be good, you know, that Claire looked upset at this funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and Frank, Frank kept her from putting her sunglasses on, too. Yes. He said that was a good moment. Yeah. OK. Yeah. But she, I don't think she I mean, she said she didn't like it. And I think it's because she doesn't want to come off as the weak one in the relationship. She wants to be strong, just like Frank. But um, Frank's probably trying to kind of keep her keep her as the weak one just quite just a little bit. Yeah. But Claire Underwood really got off scot-free in this whole uh, hostage, uh, you know, execution where she blames Frank Underwood. Uh, but I hope you die. And I hope uh, you become the new president, Mrs. Underwood. I, I've, look, I'm, I'm not mad at you in any way. I think your husband uh, really bungled the whole situation with my dad. But I have to say, I've been very impressed with your body of work, Mrs. Underwood. Well, I mean, to be fair, Claire's not yet the vice president. She's yes. just running for vice president. So um, Donald Blythe, I believe, is still well, where vice is Blythe? president. I think he's. I think he might have already walked off the job. Yeah, I, I haven't seen him in a long time. No, and I was trying to think back to last season. I was like, is Claire? Did Claire become like acting vice president? But no, I think Donald Blythe is still. He's still vice president, but he's just kind of hanging out in the east wing of the White House or something. Yeah. So when President Underwood ends up going back to the Oval, we see him with Doug and uh, he's sort of celebrating uh, with Birch about their maneuver on the floor of the house. And we do find out from Frank Underwood. So his plan is clearly anything to distract from the Hammerschmidt story. We need to really get everybody focused on this war against ICO to get people to reelect Frank Underwood. Yeah, I mean, this is just a classic Frank Underwood trick. Uh, this is something we've seen with him a couple seasons ago with America Works. And, you know, he he likes to have these big spectacles to take the attention off of uh, some things that could be threatening and damaging to him. Yeah. Is Frank Underwood a good politician or no? Oh, I think he's a great <laughs> politician. He knows how know. He knows how to work with people. He knows how to twist things uh, and and set up maneuvers. And um, I would say, you know, he's he's not he doesn't care about anything being done or or making the country better at all. He cares about himself, but um, he's good at the political part of this job. It seems like he gets himself into a lot of messes. But he gets himself out (laughs) of just as many messes. Uh, I, I think that remains to be seen. He went from a uh, lowly South Carolina congressman to president in just four seasons, Mm -hmm. less than four seasons, two seasons. Yeah. Do you think that the country would be better off with Conway? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think Conway doesn't know what he's doing. He's in over his head and he's got all these problems at home. He, uh, him and his wife have a, a much worse relationship than Frank and Claire. Right. I think that the worldview of House of Cards is a rather bleak one where anybody who's sort of like a good person in this universe, like sort of eventually ends up uh, being just outflanked by the people who are uh, much more nefarious. Yeah. I mean, look at somebody like Donald Blythe. Like he seems like he's a good person who cares about making the country better. And uh, he's a non-entity. No. Yeah, he's out of there. All right. Yeah. Uh, we see the Charlie Rose show. Are you a big Charlie Rose guy, Zach? No, I can't say I am. Are you? <laughs> no, I can't say either. Uh, but yeah. this is an interesting panel where uh, Claire Underwood is there with the hammer. Hammer Schmidt. Uh, I feel like that uh, this would not happen in real life. 
Yeah, that was my thinking, too. I mean, I can't imagine the first lady or the vice presidential nominee uh, going on a news debate talk show with somebody who released a report like like the hammer did. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I can't see where I maybe this maybe I got to start DVRing Charlie Rose if this is what's going on on that show. But I can't see like, okay, here's, you know, Mike Pence. And then here is, uh, you know, Washington Post reporter who wrote, you know, super critical article and they're just going to talk it through. Yeah. Like defend yourself uh, <laughs> against this article. Yeah. Uh, and Hammerschmidt is going into everything. And, uh, you know, he's talking about how, you know, the White House hasn't had any press conferences. And Claire Underwood, I think, makes a fair point. Like, I'm right here. I'm, I'm, I'm here on this like stage with you. Don't say don't say we're not responding to this. Maybe this is a good move. You just go on one of these shows and you don't give anything out, but you just keep saying, well, I showed up. I'm here. Yeah. So, you know, I, I am open. I am open to the people, but you don't actually give any information. So meanwhile, uh, we see a lot of the uh, situation with Yates and Claire Underwood. I have to say here in season five, I'm a little over Yates. We've been over Yates, though. I think that we've been in and out and in and out on Yates. No, I'm uh, out. I'm out. Uh, I was more interested in the showmance between Frank Underwood and Yates than Claire Underwood and Yates. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this does feel like this is one of those loose ends that's going to end up um, being being damaging to the Underwoods somehow. He's just got too much inside intel and access i mean he's just walking around claire's room going through her stuff yeah um least interesting relationship on the show yeah i mean yates yates is an early contender for lvp <laughs> although um you know let, let's see where it goes i i think i think somebody's gonna get to yates and he's gonna be he's gonna be some kind of threat to frank and claire this season okay if you say so or at least uh they can kill him off and then he can go be a personal trainer again on uh on the night of <laughs> that's fine but I'm also surprised, though, that more people aren't talking about this uh, odd relationship that Yates is with Claire everywhere. And nobody seems to be like, isn't that weird that this guy is just hanging out with uh, the first lady all the time? And like, no, he, he's her speechwriter. I mean, he's just, you know, it's totally innocent. And they They're sleep not... in the same room. Well, nobody knows where they sleep. Do you know who sleeps in the same room with you know, any first ladies or anything like that? I mean, like, I, I know where the first lady lives. Right. But do you know if anybody else lives there? Uh, not really. No. Yeah. Well, there's probably a lot of people who live there because it's a big building. But, yeah. you know, you never know. <laughs> I'm just assuming, like, if something good was happening, like TMZ would have it, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't uh, Never mind. I'm not even going to start. <laughs> OK, <laughs> but I, I feel like nobody's nobody's snooping around Yates just yet. Although um, I do think I think Hammerschmidt and Yates um, had some interactions last season. And yeah, um, he does seem like there's there's more to him than he lets on. He's he's very pensive all the time. Yeah, he like got bored and he went to go get something to eat. Um, so. We got to the point here where Claire is going to go and she sees what uh, Mrs. Conway's uh, like a uh, vlog. Can you refresh my memory? Like what is going on with the Conways and their sort of like, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, streaming uh, TV channel of what, of uh, you know, following every, everything they're doing with a GoPro? 
Yeah, I mean, they had last year they had that website where basically what you just said, they they live streamed everything that was going on. They gave people lots of access. They took that magazine cover where they were taking a selfie of themselves and they are all about being transparent. Conway OTT. Yeah, exactly. They just want a live stream. You don't even have to pay for, you know, any Conway all access or anything like that. You're able to just watch them whenever. (laughs) But they steal Um, your personal information. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they auto renew as well, no matter what. Yes. Yes. You got to call them if you want to, if you want to cancel and the, even then you're sitting on hold for an hour. Yeah. And then she made a vlog about how everybody should leave, uh, the terrorists mom alone. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like leave Britney alone type thing. Okay. She's defending the mother, you know, don't vandalize her house and, and don't, vandal- don't vandalize anybody's house. I just, yeah. I just think that's, you know, LeBron James just had his house vandalized today. Let's, let's just not vandalize people's houses. Yeah. And none of his kids even grew up to do bad stuff or anything like that. Yeah. Well, no. So mm-hmm. yeah. Like, uh, please everybody no vandalism. America, come on. We, we are in a war against vandalism. Uh, my opponent has not come out and said anything about vandalism. And, uh, frankly, I think that he might be pro vandalism. Yeah, we are anti-vandalism. We are art vandalism (laughs) on this podcast. (laughs) So why did Claire, when she saw that uh, Mrs. Conway was making a vlog about this, I just still don't get why she wanted to go and confront the mom after she was like, I want to own this issue. Yeah, and she wants to she wants to dial up the terror. She wants to tighten the screws. I get that on on the mother and. But why? Because they have to be in control of everything. They have to they have to keep control. They have to make sure that people know that the Conways are not going to keep them safe. And you know, Hannah Conway defending the mother online shows that they're soft on terrorism. Yeah, I do think that it was a little implausible that Mrs. Conway uh, ended up going rogue on this uh, behind, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, candidate Conway's back on this to make this vlog. It's the danger of 24-7 social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, anything can be sent out without being double checked before it's sent. And then everybody's talking about it. You got to check your work. Yeah. When Frank and Claire end up getting back together, uh, they go out on the balcony uh, and Frank is, uh, you know, showing Claire what's going on with all these protesters about how uh, they're all wondering what the king is doing tonight. And uh, we end up sort of like tying things back at the end of the episode with Frank and Claire ending up going and uh, meeting with were were those all protesters out there? Uh, yeah, it seemed like they were protesters, although at the end it seemed like they might be more supporters because they were shaking his hand and um, and and talking to him. Um, but I really liked the new the new scene, the new setting that we have of that White House balcony. I don't think we've ever seen that before. Yeah, they built a new set here. Yeah, I mean, it does look I, I think whenever they do stuff like that, like the the background looks a little green screeny, mm-hmm. but. Um, in terms of like a, a cool place for the Underwoods to scheme and plot, uh, that's a great perch for them. Yeah. All right. Well, we get back to Frank Underwood and he's working with Kathy on uh, he wants to shut down all the visas. Zach, is this a good idea? 
I mean, again, written written back uh, in, you know, earlier in 2016, they wrote all about this and he wants to close the borders pretty much and uh, increase the no fly list. Uh, he's really trying to drive up the the worry of of uh, anybody in the country about terrorists. Yeah, I mean, I do think there's an interesting distinction here between uh, Frank Underwood and, you know, what happened uh, in the real 2017, where uh, obviously, you know, the Trump campaign uh, ran with, uh, we need to uh, build a wall, we need immigration reform, uh, really trying to, you know, uh, drive up the concerns about people. And also like tying in that message to an economic one of people are coming in here and they're also taking jobs and hurting the economy. And that's part of the reason why we want to do this, where Frank does seem to be much more focused on national security as to why. And I know that that's a big part of uh, what Trump was trying to do. And one of the key things that he was saying in terms of the travel ban uh, that is uh, still being held up in court. But uh, just like a little bit of a distinction between uh, the two travel bans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a little bit of a little bit of a distinction, but um, you know, it seems like Frank is going to be able to do this no problem. I don't I don't really see um, anybody who's going to stand in his way, and I think that we're gonna you know sometimes we do see these these hints as to what the next the next episode will be about, and I think we're going to see uh, a lot more in terms of this no fly list and uh, and closing the borders to more countries. Um, yeah. Although we, you know, Frank does want to fight the war with terrorists within the United States as well. So, um, you know, is, is he also concerned with keeping people in and not just letting people not not letting people in from other countries as well? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I think that we still don't know quite what Frank Underwood is up to No, We're just getting we're just getting a little taste of it right now. And, um, you know, as we know, you know, for the first half hour of this episode, we didn't know that he had Josh Masterson. Yeah, so they send Claire out to go to the site of a bombing, which they feel like might be connected somehow to the ICO stuff, but probably not, right? Yeah, I was um, I was a little confused at this because early in the episode, Leanne's listing off all of these tragedies that have happened throughout the country, um, and Claire and Frank are deciding that you know saying no, 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 and then she lists off the the bombing in the gas station, and they say yes, that's the one. That's it. That's our spot. Yeah, these are just their um, their actors in this in this game that they're playing where they say, okay, yeah, this is what we can use. And we can say, this is evidence of ICO within the country. Uh, you know, the, the, the person who did this was foreign born and he is part of ICO. Yeah. And so they end up with a guy who is going to throw a paint bomb at Claire Underwood calls her war whore. I mean, good rhyming by that guy. Yeah. I, I think, mean, you know, war whore, it could be a good song for a carpool karaoke. Yeah. How does that go? War whore, what it isn't good for. <laughs> oh, absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Throw some paint. Yeah. So I'm, what was the point of, uh, be, you know, this is another one of these pro-vandalism people. He's probably a Conway voter. Oh, yeah. Most likely. Yeah, he, he, uh, he was pro probably Conway, inspired. Pro-Conway, pro-vandalism. Yeah. Well, uh, the Conway people are anti-vandalism, right? Because they're defending the mother. Mm. So he could be a... This might be like a third party guy. Yeah. Okay. An independent vandal. Yeah, exactly. 
independent vandal. So we find out Claire is going to be fine. She has like a moment uh, with Yates in the ambulance. And so uh, Green lets uh, Doug know they have a location. So if Green is in on this, Doug is in on this. Um, what do they do? Uh, is this all to trick us? What, what's happening here? They have a location to stage a raid? Yeah, that was, I think, I, I think it, it's partially to trick us to make us think, oh, okay, they found him. But then you realize, yeah, this is just, they found a good location where they can, they can have the raid um, and they can let Josh Masterson know that his time on the hunt is over. Time on the run is over. Mm -hmm. But they actually had him the whole time. Okay. They got him. And yeah. so I did love the scene where we saw Frank Underwood uh, with Masterson in the cell because he was sort of like, you know, being treated sort of like this Hannibal Lecter-esque character. But Frank Underwood doesn't bat an eye like getting in this guy's face where I think what we were supposed to get there was that the real monster was on the opposite side of the glass than we anticipated. Yeah. And uh, I think that's also kind of shown because on the glass, they have the shot of Frank and there's blood on the glass that's right over the center of Frank's face. So um, I think the director is trying to tell us something that, yeah, the you know, the real the real criminal is the guy who's free and who's standing there in a suit that we're looking at. Yeah. And I would say that I think that Masterson was shook by the end of that interaction with President Underwood. Yeah, I think he probably was feeling pretty hopeless. He's like, all right, well, you know, there's not much I can do here. And uh, there isn't. He's he's pretty screwed. Yeah. And he's and, you know, this is not an innocent guy either. I mean, he captured uh, he captured James Miller. He captured his family and his stuff. Yeah, and it, uh, exactly. And Frank does think that, uh, you know, he was asking him if he did it because of the daughter and, and didn't realize what he was getting himself into. So I think, you know, even Frank is, is onto what this guy's problem is. Yeah. Um, so we end up with Underwood telling Green to, you know, take him away and to kill him and uh, take care of it. Um, you think that Masterson uh, was not thrilled to hear that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, Masterson is probably dead. We have seen in the past people be unsuccessful with some of this stuff. I'm thinking back to like Rachel. And some of the stuff with with Doug and Rachel, but uh, Green seems pretty pretty capable. I think Green's going to take care of it, unless I mean he didn't seem like he really wanted to, but um, he'll be a loyal a loyal soldier. Yeah, we end up finding out via Doug uh, he gets an update about how that the congressional committee that Frank Underwood said the House needed to form is now using the opportunity for the declaration of war to investigate Frank. Uh, is that right? Could they do that? That's I, I was like, OK, I mean, I guess they formed a committee and they're just like they're making the committee whatever mm -hmm. they want. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't I mean, I feel like, you know, if you form a committee on one thing, you can't just be like, all right, we're actually doing this. We're doing whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much teeth these committees have either. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what this committee does. I, I mean, they know. wouldn't drop that if it wasn't going to lead to anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and they did mention that they're trying to find Jackie and Remy. Although, um, I don't know if we're going to see Jackie and Remy this season. Yeah. Um, Remy might've gotten too big. Yeah. Mahershala Ali's a pretty big deal now. He, uh, he's an Oscar winner. Were we sleeping in. on Remy? Did we not give him, uh, enough dap <laughs> when, uh, he was on house of cards? 
Yeah, I'd have to go back and listen, but I'm hoping that we don't have a spot where we're like, this guy is the worst actor. He's never going to amount to anything. Yeah. And he should just stay on House of Cards forever. Yeah. But he wasn't. I mean, he, was, he was fine. Also. Yeah. And he was fine. I mean, he's he was much better in, in some of the other things that I've seen him in, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Kevin Spacey and, and Robin Wright are both, you know, uh, Oscar nominated uh, actors and they're still on this show. So, yeah. Now, look, Remy, we all know who the stars are on the show. We know that some people are the people who are on the marquee, and there are other people who are below the line of credit. <laughs> Remy, that would be you. He learned from the best. He learned from working with Kevin Spacey, uh, just like just like the hacker did. You know, what was the hacker's name? Not Lucas, the other hacker. Um, Gavin. Yeah, Gavin. You know, he... Uh, he learned from Frank, and then he went over to Westworld. Yes. So. House of Cards is a launching pad. We are <laughs> launching many careers of many fine actors and actresses. Don't look at Zoe Barnes, okay? She was in Fantastic Four. A perfectly fine And it movie. was not that fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll come back. Yeah. She's been the Franktastic Four. Yeah. Well, they brought her back one time. Yeah. For dream sequences. Dream sequences. Hopefully she has the, some more dream sequences this season. So hopefully uh, she can uh, keep working. All right. The House of Cards pedigree is strong. It's strong. All right. Um, Frank Underwood was trying to make things right with uh, the family, with the Millers family. Uh, they wanted no part of him. No, yeah. Um, and now Mrs. Miller is also is also against Frank. She's I mean, triggered. Yeah, I you know, I, I guess she's she's standing up for her daughter and uh, maybe she realizes how much Frank is, is using this as as kind of a, a piece in his game. But mm-hmm. uh, they don't like him. They don't like him. Yeah. I mean, give give Frank a break. All right. He's he's trying to avenge your husband's death. Yeah. They could be prime targets to be uh, a prop in a upcoming Conway campaign ad. Oh, yeah. The, they uh they could be speaking out with the Conways, especially after after Schmoopy Conway uh, <laughs> defended the mother. Yeah. Well, now defended the defended the other mother. So I guess that wouldn't work. <laughs> Hi, I'm Schmoopy Miller, and I approve this message uh, that uh, Conway is the man. Underwood is bad. Take it from me. <laughs> Maybe Schmoopy Conway will bring Schmoopy Miller and Schmoopy Masterson together. And they can. Wait, they can Schmoopy have a is the mom. Well, I mean, any of the. I'm just referring to the Schmoopy in the general sense. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Miller and Mrs. Masterson. Right. You know, may, maybe she can bring them together and and show that we can all really get along. And and even even Masterson's mom and uh, and James Miller's wife could yeah. could come together on camera. And show how the Conways are uniting the country. Yeah, with all due respect, I'm not sure necessarily if uh, Mrs. Miller and daughter Miller want to uh, stand with the mom of the guy that beheaded uh, her husband. Yeah, that might be asking a lot, but you know, I mean, this is House of Cards. It's a Anything lot. Is possible. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we end up having the last scene with Frank and Claire where they say, let's go for a walk. And uh, you have nothing to be afraid of. You have nothing uh, to be afraid of. Frank and Claire are the only people that can keep America safe. Yeah. Again, keep America safe again. Yes. They're going to keep America safe from uh, the uh, Conway. Yeah. From Not Robocop. safe from the Underwoods, though. 
Not but, safe from the underwoods. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to sort of like get some polling uh, here. I, I, what is Nate Silver telling us about the uh, Underwood Conway uh, campaign? I would, I'd have Close? to think that Conway. No, Two I to three Conway's points. Got to be in the lead. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Conway is in the lead. Underwood, you think is doing bad? I mean, he's got so much scandal surrounding him. That's why I just don't know if they can have this election in two weeks. Are there a lot of swing voters? Um, you know, it's hard to say in the in the uh, House of Cards world. We haven't really seen anybody campaign. I mean, we've seen Frank on our campaigns. We haven't seen like campaign mm. workers and low yeah. level campaigners. It'd be fun to, uh, you know, to get to check in with people on the ground canvassing for the Conway or the Underwood administration. Okay. I'm sure that we will see more about that as we move forward. All right. So still a lot to talk through in terms of some of the stuff going on uh, with Leanne and uh, we'll check in with the Conways. But first, let me just take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And those are our friends over at Hulu. And hey, if you like this podcast, I suspect you like prestige dramas that come to you via a streaming service such as Hulu, because uh, everybody's talking about what's going on over at Hulu. Zach, do you follow Handmaid's Tale? Is that one you're watching? Yeah, I'm. Uh, that is a very depressing show, but I really enjoy it's it. Addictive, I mean, it's addictive, though. Yeah, it, I'm a couple episodes back. I need to. I need to catch up on that, but. Um, that that's a good one. Well, it's all there for you on Hulu. And if you didn't know this, Hulu's got a brand new look and experience. You can catch all the Hulu originals in one place, like Handmaid's Tale, Harlots, and Casual, plus full seasons of Fargo, Blackish, Empire, Fear the Walking Dead, Nashville. They're all exclusively on Hulu. Plus, hit movies. You can add on things like Showtime, but guess what else is new? A new option to add live TV. Get ready to transform the way you experience TV. With Hulu has live TV now at $39.99 a month, which includes limited commercial Hulu streaming, includes 50-plus live and on-demand channels. You can watch sports, including ESPN, FS1, including regional sports news and other can't-miss events. Find out what Ann Curry is talking about at any hour of the day. Record live TV and cloud DVR. You can be enjoying all your TV in one place with the brand-new Hulu experience. Check out Hulu.com to start your free trial today at Hulu.com. All right. So let's let's talk about what's going on with the Conways because they're sort of like painted into a box uh, with a paint bomb, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the Conways would be better off just sitting at home and uh, watching Hulu. Hmm, yeah. So, well, what do they do here? That uh, if they go out in the campaign and uh, Frank Underwood's gonna be like, "Shame on you, candidate Conway, that we are in the middle of fighting a war against ICO and you are out there campaigning." Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough situation. You know, who knows when things will get better? I don't think that the ICO situation, especially if Frank has his way, is going to wrap up anytime in the next two weeks. So uh, is this just Frank's way of he's out in front the whole time and, and Conway just has to sit back and lose the election? Uh, Conway's a fighter. He's not just going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying to, I guess, hijack this committee and get them like uh, looking after more things about Frank Underwood. But I kind of feel like if this Hammerschmidt article uh, didn't tank the Underwoods, I'm not really sure what will. 
Yeah, I think, you know, Conway just needs to figure out ways to to get people on his side. And we do see him having a lot of these backroom meetings, uh, meeting people in bars, meeting people in vans or SUVs outside of of buildings. So Doug used to have the patent on meeting people in vans and meeting people in bars. Yeah. I mean, he's really, you know, maybe maybe Conway is going to pick up Doug and get him to work for him. Who knows? Yeah. So that'd be a good move. Yeah. And I think, you know, we did see Conway. He was in a VA. He was in an American Legion. So I think they are trying to to show that Conway is doing a lot of very patriotic things. Um, And so maybe maybe that will have, uh, you know, that will have some ramifications later on, too. Now, what's going on with Conway and his vice president, the general? Yeah, I mean, the the general doesn't like to be controlled. And uh, Conway is trying to trying to work with him, trying to tell him the way that he wants to run things. But uh, they seem to be butting heads, you know, about this war on the soil that, um, you know, is this going to happen and how can they bring the focus back onto Frank Underwood's crimes? Yeah. What is his problem, though? He wants to do what? He's like, well, Frank, you know, Frank Underwood's making some good points here. Got to fight a war on ICO. I mean, he's a war guy. You know, this is what he... Uh, He's going to stand up for stand up for fighting and defending the United States. And uh, Conway is is thinking more uh, more long term and about, you know, how can they how can they keep their strategic focus on winning this election? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you would even want to be president in this world. It does not seem like a fun job. In which world? Any of them? Uh, mostly in the House of Cards world. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, both, you know, are equally problematic. It's a, a very hard job. I think that anybody that doesn't have, you know, uh, real aspirations of power, um, you know, that all of the bad things about the job probably, uh, you know, uh, filter a lot of people who might be good candidates out of it. Yeah, I mean, you just look at, you know, how presidents look when they come in and then four or eight years later, they've aged so much. And even Frank Underwood, if you look at Frank Underwood from season one, season two versus now he's got he's got white hair. I mean, you know, Conway's a good looking guy. He's a charismatic guy. I feel like there's other things he could do. Sure. Uh, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why he wants to be president. He doesn't seem like a power hungry guy. Yeah, but I do feel like that he's been corrupted by this process. I mean, he seems like he's at the point also where he'll do anything it takes to go out there and uh, get this uh, presidential campaign. If it costs him his marriage, if it costs him his morality, I don't think he has any issues at this point. Yeah, he'll sell his soul. He doesn't care. No. No. But, you know, I don't, I don't see things going very well between him and the general this season. No, something's happening with the, with the general. Is the general going to come out and endorse Frank? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he comes out and says, you know, Frank is right. We need to we need to defeat Ico. Maybe if Frank proposes moving the election, the general supports that or agrees with him, goes rogue. Yeah. Conway comes out and is like, you stupid idiot, general. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> yeah. Can't believe you said that. God. <laughs> and then Hannah Conway becomes the uh, the running main. So we have two couples going up against each other in the in the election. Oh, so he kicks the general off the ticket. Well, if he gets mad at him, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a short string. All right. Well, we'll see ultimately how that's going to play out. Now, here's what I'm really confused about. All right. Nev Campbell, your bae, she is back. Hopefully back with more lines this season. I feel like she didn't really do much last season. Okay. Well, here she is. Here she is with, uh, she's Leanne, and she is uh, working very closely with the Underwoods. And she's got a guy on the inside, uh, McAllen. 
and he has to go back to the NSA to cover his tracks. Zach, could you refresh our memory? What did he pull off in season four? He hacked into the Conway uh, network of uh, social media. Yeah, I think it was something along those lines. And, uh, you know, just they were also using people's search terms and figuring out what people were looking for uh, as a a way to know um, what was going on with the public and and get more uh, get more information on their side, more intelligence. Yeah, I don't know. Hacking stuff, hacking stuff. All right. So uh, they are going to be covering their tracks. Uh, He goes back to the NSA, McAllen. And he's able to get in, but his security card didn't work. What was going on there? I thought he was busted. Yeah, it was like shades of Mr. Robot. I felt like watching this where, uh, you know, he's going, he, he's gets in and then, uh, he can't get into that last door. He's standing there and, and he just looks like kind of a, kind of a, a doof right there. Um, but luckily right before he's about to get busted, somebody just opens the door and he can walk right in and, and nobody right seems in. to. Nobody seems to notice, and it's uh, very easy to hack the NSA. Who knew? Yeah, you just walk in, and then he replaced like all their files with pictures of waterfalls? I think that he got something off of their computers that contained pictures of waterfalls because he transferred those files, it seemed like, back to his computer back at his desk. Okay. I mean, uh, they're losing me a little bit with what they're trying to do here, but ultimately yeah, it's her. Go, yeah. Don't go chasing waterfalls. I'm not. So <laughs> they, they basically they can put anything out there on social media that they want. They can like plant a message in anybody's uh, social media stream. I think it's more about um, about tracking what people are are posting and searching for. Okay, but um, I, I don't think we have the we have the full picture yet with what their plan is. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what what do you think is going on here? We're gonna get like some sort of like Conway rogue tweet, uh, like in the middle of the night. Nobody's gonna know what it means, and then there's gonna be a oh, big man. scandal. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it's not a scandal, at least it'll turn into like a lot of memes and stuff like that. People will make fun of him. Yes. Do you think that uh, that will turn into some sort of a like campaign slogan for Conway, some sort of like a con thief? Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe he'll just maybe he'll post a picture of waterfalls and nobody will knows what it means. Yeah. So uh, like, I mean, well, but what are they going to put like some like uh, offensive statement out there from Conway? I mean, I, w- I didn't get the sense um, that it's going to be something necessarily for Conway. Um, it might be something pro Frank or, or getting some support Frank's play. You think it's going to be definitely something to hurt Conway? Oh, you think they're going to put out like some like fake endorsement of somebody? Like uh, they're going to have like Oprah say like uh, Frank Underwood <laughs> is the best. I'm like, oh, see. Kathy Griffin, maybe. Who knows? No, no. You want you want an opposite endorsement of like uh, you want you, you want Kathy Griffin to renounce you, and then uh, <laughs> the, you got a bump from that. Oh yeah, you know, who knows? You know, they could they could have lots of tricks up their sleeve. I I did think it was great that Leanne had that line about the only way we survive is if we win. It, it gives you a good good clue into what her motivation is and and uh, how desperate she is to make sure that the Underwoods win this election. Okay. Um, we'll see, uh, where that goes. Um, what's going on at the Washington Herald with, uh, Hammerschmidt? He's hiring a new reporter. Yeah. The fashionista is coming on board. Where's this story going? Where is this going? He can get anyone to talk. That's, that's what we learned about this guy. That was the only thing that they told us. Who's he getting to talk? Uh, you know, who knows? Doug, Rachel, Terror Mom, Gavin, Yeah, you know? Any of these guys we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. What's going on with Seth? 
Uh, Seth is, I mean, I don't, I don't think we got too much of Seth this, this episode. He's just, uh, up there delivering speeches. I guess he did, uh, you know, he, he is trying to fight off this report on Frank, but, um, I don't know. Did you catch any any good stuff with Seth, really? Well, one of the things I heard about this season was that there was going to be a whole subplot where Seth, uh, you know, he becomes increasingly belligerent in his press conferences. And then Melissa McCarthy begins to lampoon him on Saturday Night Live. I don't think Melissa McCarthy would be the best person to play (laughs) Seth. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think like it's not a flattering portrayal of Seth. No, I think Colin Jost could be a really good Seth. A good Seth? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll that see. That nice dollop of Miracle Whip, Colin Jost. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk big picture. We sort of, like, painted the scene of where we're going. We're expecting the election halfway through. I mean, do we just see the Underwoods just, like, you know, uh, make, like increasingly, like, uh, set off, like, detonate explosions in the country? And it's like, oh, Ico did it again. I thought we had them. We thought that they were busted, but look at Ico. They just keep they keep on coming. Uh, this is a terrible war. It's uh, they they declared the war. He we do declare. Uh, do declare. Claire. 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 We have a war. We declare Claire. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you know. I don't think we're gonna see that for that long. I think that will get kind of old. Um, we might see more stuff just with the intelligence community in this world. Uh, maybe we get a little bit, you know, kind of like the Homeland stuff. Um, we might see a little bit more action this season uh, than we're used to in other seasons. Okay. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Then uh, after the election, presumably uh, the Underwoods uh, come through this. I mean, like, where do we go from there? I mean, that's that's the thing with this show, right, is it always feels like Frank is going to get out of it. Frank is going to win. Um, you know, so so then who's the threat to Frank if it's not Conway or, you know, maybe maybe there's maybe it's a really close election. And a we recount. Have like a hanging, yeah, like a hanging Chad episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that could be, you know, something they could do. I don't know how I don't know how exciting a hanging Chad episode <laughs> of House of Cards is. We'll see. House of Chads. Yeah, but. we'll see where uh, we ultimately go from there. Uh, Zach, of course, people can send us in questions after each episode that they watch, even if they get ahead. The way to do that is to mark your email to us with the subject line of the chapter title. This was chapter 53 that we just discussed here in this episode. So you have a question about the next episode, chapter 54 should be your subject line. Then go right into that. And preferably like don't begin with a spoiler, like in the first sentence that when we're just looking at our email, then we end up getting spoiled on an episode that certainly happened before in the past. So please don't do that. And then uh, just get into your questions and we'll answer them at the end of the show. Yeah, or, uh, you know, I don't know. If you wanted to put a fake spoiler as your first sentence, don't piss us off. Like, oh, no man, I can't news. believe Frank Underwood <laughs> died uh, in the next episode. Like, uh, what's the point? And then uh, after that, then we're like, ah, oh, fooled you, fake spoiler. Don't give us uh, fake spoilers or fake news. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that, that wouldn't be great. And if you did that, then we would have to. Uh, Use the polyhop or the McAllen NSA poly hack hop. to get back. Yeah, I forgot all about polyhop. Okay, let's see. Uh, let's start off with uh, Johnny De Silvera. Can you two believe they still haven't had the election yet? What do you project for the last episode of the season? Election night? No. 
No, I think, you know, mostly because this show, we're now in the middle of 2017 when we're watching this, and this show is still taking place in like October, November of 2016. So we've got to catch up, especially because we had such a long layoff, and this show usually takes place right around when it comes out. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I think we're going to get we're going to get some time jumps in here. You know, we might even get the election, you know, within the first couple episodes and not even wait until halfway through that. Well, this is my biggest critique with season four is that they should have had the election in season four, because last year where we started, we're like, oh, you know, we're sort of like have like primary fatigue. And uh, like, I don't know, you know, if we're super excited to talk so much politics because it is just uh, so everywhere right now but at least they said okay they got into the conventions and they they got ahead of where we were so it felt like there was movement now they're behind where we were you know we have been sort of like with non-stop politics from the point that there was the last season of house of cards 16 months ago we we don't have a day that goes by where you know the top story isn't something political that that's happening in our world. And then they're, they're still back six months b- behind where we are. So we got to see them catch up. And uh, I just feel like that it was a mistake to, you know, have the election go as a cliffhanger into this next season. Yeah, I, I think that they probably should have, you know, probably had some of this ICO stuff a couple episodes earlier in the last season. I'm sure there's some fat they could have trimmed. But You know, my guess on this is I wonder if, you know, Netflix or, you know, the studio producing the show doesn't know how long they want the show to last. And this is the last election that Frank is going to be able to have. So if they have this election, if they breeze right past that, then we can't ever go back to the election. And we're kind of now under a deadline for ending the show unless Frank does something where he makes it where he can be president forever. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe they just want to drag some of this stuff out. So they don't run out of run out of runway on this thing. Like I get it. It's a political show. Everything is like uh, heading towards, you know, your election is your big moment for this character. You're really excited about the casting that you have with RoboCop and everything. But still, uh, they they were not really thinking ahead of like, oh, maybe people are going to be really worn out by again. And nobody really uh, saw it coming into 2016 of people like um you know that politics is so big right now maybe we don't necessarily uh need to look at it as a uh you know guilty pleasure oh let me look at some more politics stuff yeah i mean you know i think a i don't think anybody thinks like oh man we really got this uh we really got robocop on this show we can't waste him i don't think you're the only person who i think even i mean he was a lead in a movie yeah yeah. Well, Am I overrating been, over uh, RoboCop? Yeah, I think you're probably the only person listening to this podcast oh. who saw RoboCop. Yeah. Um, you know, but he also was in Suicide Squad. You know, that was a bigger movie, but that wasn't I don't think that was probably any better than than RoboCop. Mm hmm. Yeah. And he was in The Killing as well. I did. I did watch The Killing on AMC. He was uh, one of the detectives on that. OK. All right. Well, uh yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see ultimately uh, where it goes. I'm excited to get to the second episode and see uh, if things uh, really continue to pick up. Yeah. Do you? What do you think? I mean, how could they keep this show going? You know, if Frank does win the election, 
it's like, well, where do they go from there? You know, okay, then Frank's in his second term. You know, they could do some political stuff, but, you know, it really is kind of a ticking clock. Do you think that they could do something super outlandish where, like, the United States invades, like, Canada and Mexico and Central America and becomes, like, this much bigger, more powerful country, and Frank declares himself, like, king of the Americas or something like that? Well, if this was the final season— I think I would feel like um, there was a little bit more juice here of like, okay, well, how's it going to end? I, I think that that would probably get me a little more excited for like, how are, is the story going to end? Ultimately, is Frank Underwood going to jail? Is Frank Underwood going to die? Is he going to get away with it? I think, but, um, you know, the fact that this is sort of like a questionable timeline, I think is sort of like uh, hurting it a little bit for me where I sort of just like want to... Um, you know, get through the election and see what's going to come of this. But I mean, I do think that this scandal is going to follow Frank Underwood, where even if he wins the election, then he's going to be mired in sort of like impeachment talk. And I think we're probably going to see how he's going to try to navigate that. We've already seen impeachment on this show, though, season two. I mean, it wasn't Frank being impeached. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was Garrett that Walker was a being a little impeached. yada yada yeah, well, I mean, I think impeachment could be like kind of a boring process. It's just a court uh, case. Not from what I hear. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of fun not knowing where it's going or how long it's going to go. I mean, maybe this is the last season. We just don't know about it. You know, it, it, I, I always am a fan of shows picking an end date picking an end point and then and then nailing that ending instead of trying to you know do the homeland or the 24 model where they just keep trying to to stretch things out longer and longer and longer yeah okay um let me give you uh another email that's sort of uh on the same subject brock cheek says uh hey rob and zach i love house of cards and i've looked forward to binging the new season every year since it premiered I saw the first teaser months ago, and I was instantly hyped. In the months since then, my excitement has waned considerably. I watched the season five premiere this morning. I thought it was a great episode of the show. However, my personal enjoyment of it was far less than it had previously been. I feel like with everything going on in the real world right now, the show is hitting too close to home and not in a good way. I know and appreciate you guys try to stay away from talking politics on the podcast. But in this instance, I wonder if you could speak about anything you were doing to get yourself in a good mindset to watch this and enjoy it as a TV show. Or uh, any thoughts you might have about what the showrunners should be doing to maybe steer away from current events. Sorry to be so long-winded. Thanks for your time. I'm looking forward to a great season of recaps uh, from you guys. And, and this is a lot of what we've been talking about. And, and I think the thing that sort of like how I was able to sort of reconcile the two things. And, and again, I, I don't want to have this podcast be anything about my own personal political views. I want to stick to the world of the show is that, you know, whether you are anti-Trump or pro-Trump, I don't think that either side thinks that, you know, he is uh, evil Machiavellian genius uh, who is like working on this evil master plan. And like Frank Underwood, who's always thinking four moves, five moves ahead, I think we just have to take some pleasure in watching him work. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I think if you can if you can really get into the characters on this show, I mean, there are really good characters and that's what keeps me interested in it. Even when sometimes we've had some not great storylines, even a guy like Doug is a great actor. He's a great character. Uh, sometimes gets pushed off to the side and, and has these, these escapades that aren't that fun to watch. But, um, when he's, when he's up and rolling, it's fun to watch him. And, um, I think that, you know, if you can just get into, get into it and you know, it is, it does sort of hit close to home, especially with some of the stuff that was in this episode. Um, but you know, there's, there's plenty of depressing TV shows out there and those are the usual, the ones I really like. Um, you know, I mean, leftovers doesn't feel like a, a realistic show necessarily, but it's definitely something that's, that's not super uplifting to watch all the time. Um, but if you can find other things to, to glean out of this and enjoy, I think that's a, that's a really good way to, to, uh, feel entertained by this show. Um, I also think, I am very anti binge watching shows. I think, um, you know, it's, you know, chew your food a little bit, <laughs> take some time with it. Um, you know, I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of people who have already finished watching house of cards yeah. and that's what we're going to go slower this time through it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it helps to, you know, enjoy it. We only get house of cards once a year or once every, you know, what, 18 months at this point. Um, you know, it's going to be there. Kevin Spacey, Frank Underwood, they're not going anywhere. So, you know, let's just take our time with it. And, uh, you know, it might, it might make it a little bit more enjoyable than just trying to drink the whole thing in, in one day. Like, um, like quite a few people have already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Zach, I, I hope we've done a good job of, uh, setting things up here in, uh, this first episode of the new season. So, you know, I guess we're both on the same page that we're not coming into this as like the most hype we've ever been for house of cards, but we are hoping, uh, that we will have our expectations, uh, really, you know, you go into something with, uh, maybe low expectations. That's the secret to happiness. Yeah, exactly. I think that that is a great way to look at it. Um, I was not really that excited for the season to start. I was excited to podcast with you about it. Um, and then I started watching the the episode and, and just throughout it, you know, I thought that it, it gained steam. It really brought a lot of characters into the fold, did a good job of setting up the table for the season. Um, and so I think, I think we're in for a fun ride. And I honestly really have no idea where we're headed uh, by the end of the season. We could be two weeks into the future by the end of the season. We could be a year and a half into the future um who knows where we go but uh it's, it's gonna be fun to find out okay we will see uh do we have a hashtag for this episode oh man i mean you know i i, I think we could go back to the uh the carpool karaoke discussion that we had we could talk about frankie gaga uh, i don't know if you got anything else written down uh what about conway ott conway ott is pretty good as okay. well Let's go with that. And then uh, on our next episode of the podcast, uh, I think we're planning on trying to have something up uh, by the end of this weekend where we'll be talking about the uh, next two or three episodes of House of Cards. So, uh, you know, enjoy the series. Uh, Don't feel compelled to race through it on our account. The the show's not going anywhere. Take your time. Uh, The election will come whenever it comes. We don't need to race to the ballot box or anything like that so uh feel free to email us hoc at postshowrecaps.com and then of course uh we appreciate your feedback and star ratings at postshowrecaps.com slash hoc itunes and then uh if you want to follow zachary on twitter uh that's easy to do right just follow at 
Brooks Z-A. Yeah. Last name, first two letters of my first name. You can find me on Polyhop using that same handle as well. <laughs> uh, I forgot all about Polyhop. Okay. Uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this season. Okay? Yeah. I think, you know, there's always ridiculousness. You know, if you think about, you know, Cashew, the hamster or uh, the Doug chum. and Rachel, the three chum. Yeah, I mean, there's always I mean, there are there are jaw dropping moments. There are um, they have fun with the show. And I'm hoping especially this season, knowing that people might be a little burnout on this kind of stuff that they they make it a fun uh, kind of over the top kind of an OTT season. You know, House of Cards OTT. We might just get that. All right. Good stuff, Zach. We will talk to you guys in chapter 54. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.